You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. My guest is Pup Kona, a French bulldog and leather pup currently residing in Washington State. A two-time Pantheon of Leather Award recipient, he served as the International Pup and Trainer Contest International Puppy 2015 and Northwest Puppy 2015 title holder. He is the International Pup and Handler Contest producer and International Pup and Handler Weekend co-founder and co-producer, and he's the co-owner and co-founder of Scrapyard Leather, which makes custom pet hoods, apparel, and other products. And last on this particular long list of accomplishments, Pup Kona is also the founder of Pups and Handlers Without Borders, PAWS an organization which focuses on promoting mentorship, support, and conversations between pups and handlers all around the world. Pup Kona, thank you for being on Sexual Heroes today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. The pup scene has really exploded. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it happened overnight. I'm sure it didn't, but um, it's really just everywhere. Can you... Talk a little bit about what that scene is all about, why it's why you think it's so popular. I mean, it is interesting when you think about it because I agree in some cases for some people, it's like it just kind of popped out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden you see it like, um, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, there's even situations where um, one of the pups in Britain was even in a commercial, actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, for real, for a, for a major corp- uh, company, too. And it just, people are like, well, where did this come from? And there was documentaries prior that actually kind of touched on it with like Mistress Lillian and Tyke. Years later, the one with Pup Spot from uh, Europe, which definitely was the one that kind of grabbed a lot of attention. So historically, actually, interesting enough, talking about it as we move on to exactly a little bit about the scene is that it actually... There is no known origin story of how the first pup reel happened, but a lot of people are unaware of that after World War II and with the rise of the leather scene, there was a situation where punishment was um, given in that type of DS relationship to um, some people. And essentially within that type of dynamic, there was just a person who was just like, you're going to be a dog and you're going to bark and I'm your like sir or master or like, you know, owner or dom and you're going to listen. And eventually, they're like, yo, I actually like this and I'm going to be mm-hmm. a brat about it. And <laughs> and essentially um, from the leather community, actually bore the pup community. It actually grew from that. And I'm talking specifically North America is, has the more heavier story that I know of. Of course, later on in places like Australia and Europe, the pup scene grew uh, dynamically a little bit different, but the major part where it started coming from came from that area. And then as you said, it just exploded, and now it is its own entity, essentially. In researching this and uh, just stumbling across different sites, there is sort of a part of the pup community, though, that I get a sense anyway, that they don't really identify with the BDSM leather community. 
Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I would very much say that is correct at this point. The thing is, is, and this has actually happened even more so recently, as communities in general, and now we can talk about like people who go to anime cons, people who are in BDSM, people who are sci-fi, like people who are furries. Eventually, there's a point in time where they grow to such a point where their identity is so broad and so far reaching. And everyone has a different take on how they do pup play and what it means to them that they become something completely different. And that's the biggest thing what makes puppy so great is that puppy is what you make of it. And it doesn't have a direct like manual on how you do things. So yes, um, it started in the bars. It started with the leather community. It started that thing. And then over time, it's like we have conventions, we have get togethers, we have paw groups. And then we grew in so big that we actually now are our own thing. And we have leather pups now, rubber pups, neoprene pups, gear pups, people who are in uh, like in the DD, uh, DS, basically people who are completely not sexual, people who are all sexual, people who just like to mosh, and everything in far in between. One of the things that intrigues me about the pup scene is that's very different from your typical BDSM scene is that pups who are generally the submissive have so much camaraderie, so much bonding, they play together. But in the typical BDSM event or play space, it's more about doms connecting with subs. I I see what you're saying. Yeah, so one clarifying factor, I guess, on that statement is that pup in general, in that sense, yes, in some of those DS relationships or BDSM relationships, you are correct in that you know some people try to find that type of um, camaraderie or contract or that type of dynamic. Being a puppy in no way, shape, or form actually means that you are a submissive or you are a submissive person. I'm a puppy, but I'm like anything but submissive. I'm completely the opposite. Uh Yeah. Like I have a sir. I have a pack. I am the alpha of that pack. And I do have uh, five puppies, but I am no way submissive in general. I could, I could bottom from the top, given the situation, if we're talking on the more let's have fun thing. And that's even outside a puppy, but generally I'm a very independent person. I'm very confident in a more of a, this is how I want it to be type of person. And I don't really identify with someone telling me, hey, pup, you're going to do this and that. It doesn't really jive in my mind, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So and there's a lot of pups like that, like a lot. Some people think because pup or the pup letter is written as the lowercase, you would think even in the DS dynamic, you know, sir is capital S or um, uh, sub or boy is with the lowercase it doesn't really mean that they're submissive. It's just a generalization. Pup is way too broad a spectrum to put it into one category. Wow. And pup, correct me if I'm wrong, can include women, transgender folks. They can all play together. It doesn't matter where they're coming from or what their identity is. That is that is 100% true. So one of the things that makes the pet and, and pup community in general is that it's all-encompassing. It's completely diverse. It's inclusive. Um, and it doesn't hold any anything against anybody, uh, regardless of um, body, weight, race, gender identification, pronoun, and so forth. Um, so you have playing with BIPOC people, playing with trans people, playing with people from different countries, playing with people that are girls, transgendered, bi- non-binary, um, men, women, bisexual, gay, straight. It doesn't really matter. There, I've been to moshes where you, there is a there is that there is literally all of that on a mosh floor or all that in an event. 
uh, especially like at the event that we um, that I that I run uh, every year, and um, and also our local Paul group here in um, Washington State. We believe in that people that want to be involved in the community are in the core of everything um, family, and they have to be treated as such regardless. And there's no um, discrimination. It is actually completely not tolerated in any capacity. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about what your play looks like if somebody were watching from the outside? For me, for play, is that I love gear. I think gear is awesome. I think it's beautiful aesthetically. If I was going to a mosh, I would usually put on my pup hood because my pup hood for me is my identity and it helps me get into a deeper space. No different than people have to do certain things to get into a scene. I like my hood. I have a neoprene and my leather one. Um, I have my show tail, um, which wraps around a belt. And then I put on whatever it is, if it's a t-shirt, if it's a type of like gear or pants, um, and then my socks. I don't wear any boots. I might wear my paws or stuff that are made of leather. And the reason for these things is for protection. Because in play, a lot of people understand that, you know, human beings are not meant to be on all fours in any capacity. So no matter what play you do, pony, puppy, or other, um, you have to take care of yourself. So I would put the gear on, get my little headspace type of thing where I'm kind of like just excited to be in that. And then I just go around and I don't know pretty much maybe just like jump on top of like one of my friends and like they'll just carry me around or we'll just grab a <laughs> ball or something and kind of like bat it around a lot of them like to play fetch maybe i'll like sneak around and i'll like see like one of my uh, pack mates or friend there and i'll kind of like maybe sneak up and like run between their legs and stuff like that and just kind of like jerk them or just jump on top and just like you know give them a nuzzle or something but i tend to like the playful and more affectionate type of thing I like to do tug of war. I love I love tug of war. I love playing with the ball. And I love just kind of cuddling up and maybe have a little bit of wrestling. But that's kind of like my play if I'm on the mosh floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like in BDSM, it, it's different for everybody. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of anything. Um, I feel communities thrive when it is all-encompassing, if it's inclusive and allows you to do whatever you identify as and what, what, it, and what it, it speaks to you inside. When I see pups, I want to yell, squirrel. Yeah. That's- and you're like, what? 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 You're like, oh. oh my God. Yes, totally. All the time. Or if you have a squeaky, you can do that. If you have a bunch of pup arounds, hide it and then start squeaking and see if they start looking at you. That's cute. That's a fun uh-huh. one to do. And maybe you'll get a good like pup to jump up and like try to like pull it out of your hand. <laughs> you were talking about gear. Mm-hmm. That could kind of intimidate a newbie, couldn't it? someone who's interested in getting in and and wanting to experiment and play, but they don't have all the gear. What would you say to somebody like that? That's actually a really good question. So generally what we say to people, and we mean this full heartedly and, 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 and truly that gear does not make the pup. Pup is what is inside mentally, physically in the heart. It doesn't have to be displayed through type of material materialism. So you don't need gear to actually do that. So I usually tell people like, listen, if you don't have gear, that's fine. If that's something you want to do, we can help you maybe like find maybe places that actually have something that could maybe fit your budget and show you what we did that actually gets you that. Sometimes I even let people borrow it. But you know, in most cases, people at events are usually pretty good about it. And if anything, it's I don't think it really it might intimidate them and sometimes in the sense that some people feel like they need it, but we tell them very strongly it's really not. It's not a necessity. It never has been and it never will be. So don't let that get into your head. 
because there's tons of pups that I know that are my friends that actually do not like wearing hoods and don't really like that type of heavy gear. They do a more light type of us um, put together of apparel or ensemble. Maybe even just a collar with a dog mm-hmm. tag. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. Some people just go like, let's say jock to the collar. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, hey, whatever, when in Rome, I guess. You mentioned sex can sometimes be involved in the play, sometimes not, depending on you know who the who the players are. Would you say the sex is different or how <laughs> kinkier, kinky? Sex with a pop can be just having sex with a person. It doesn't have to like follow this guideline where they move into this weird headspace where they just become this feral entity where, where you're playing and you kind of act out that scene. And that's no different than like any type of, I've been, I've been, I've done BDSM scenes before if it's vlogging or if it's doing other types of forms. And, you know, it doesn't always have to play out, not all of them play out exactly like the one before it, you know, everyone has a different thing. Generally the thing is uh, with play is my experience is that some people like to have a little bit of the role play, you know, and some people don't. So I would say it can kind of be, every, it could be everything. It's not something very specific. And honestly, pups don't actually necessarily have to have sex with other pups or handlers because there's a lot of friends I have dynamically that actually do not, and they have a platonic relationship with their handler or something, if they have a handler, because we know pups can be, don't have to have that as a criteria as well. But they just they just enjoy the camaraderie and the feeling of someone watching over them and caring for them in a family or chosen family type of feeling or that type of love rather than worrying about the sexual part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a furry as well. So, I mean, like, I have a fursuit. So, like, I, I mean, I've seen the whole spectrum. So, and even then, there's a lot of furries who don't like having sex in a fursuit or like to act out some type of scene where they're doing like a, <laughs> a written like let's um let's rp or something and i'm this like coyote guy anamorphic thing like you know what i mean everyone right. has their levels but yeah it can play into it it's just it's just whatever people want we talked about the gear and how that can be intimidating i've also looked online and and seen tons of websites that have all kinds of training and how to be a handler and how to be a, a pup with list after list of of things to know. But what do you really need to know to get going? I would say, yes, there's a lot of resources. And I think for me, there's nothing wrong with reading a lot of the resources because it can be helpful because it can give you a outside look and understanding of where some of the pup scene community come from because some of those books and, and stuff actually have history in it as well. So you might just be curious and want to learn more. But I would say for people starting out, your best thing is to reach out to your local communities. Uh, Facebook has a ton of them. There is websites like mine, uh, like Paul's Without Borders, for example, and other places that actually kind of give you an idea of what groups are around the area. And just reach out and say like, hey, I'm new. I've been very interested in this. When are your events going on? And I know this is, we're in a COVID situation. So, you know, that might happen until a little bit later, but ask about what's going on, what it's about. Um, You can reach out to your local title holders as well. Um, There's a ton of um, title holders regionally, locally, and internationally that you could talk to and say, hey, I want to come out to an event. And there is nothing that you need to do or expect from yourself. Uh, I brought friends to events where 
they literally go to the event and they go to the bar. If it's at a bar setting, they grab a beer and they just sit outside and watch. And then maybe if they feel comfortable, they run over and maybe kind of like grab a toy and be like, hey, puppy, you want to play fetch? That's what I would suggest. You know, it's all it's knowledge is power and key. Um, It doesn't hurt to ask. So what I'm hearing is if any listener out there wants to get going in this, all they need to do is show up. Yeah, just show up. No expectation. You know, if it's not your thing after it's not, if it is, it is. But um, just showing up and just being open minded and supportive and and consent is always sexy and key. Then you're fine. That's really the only things we matter. You mentioned the pause without borders. Can you can you just um, explain that? That's something that you have created. Yeah. So when I when I started my title journey, because I was the Northwest Puppy 2015, and then later I became the uh, International IPTC Puppy 2015. When um, my Northwest title was in Washington, that's which covers the. It covers five different states that uh, the that that title that regional title. I decided an initiative because I felt personally one of the things, and this is like God, I feel like this is like a little bit way back. So I'm going to say like say four or five years ago, um, we were still building resources, and I felt you know it's great that we have a lot of these resources in some capacity, but there's a lot of communities out there that are still unknown. There's a lot of very small areas and remote places that don't have access to some of the resources or don't know where to look. And I want to be a way for people to find local communities or find a resource where they could go to and ask, hey, is there some group in Germany? Is there some place in like Tokyo? Is there some place in like Northern Iowa? So Paws Without Borders was an initiative to help puppies especially in smaller communities as well as large and all and all large communities but essentially even the smaller ones as well to find communities within their area or close by so that they can reach out to them and then learn more and then just like i said be able to show up and hopefully gain some great memories and and experiences um connecting with people in our uh, larger lgbtq um ia plus community and just for just to clarify, the pause is pups and handlers, not pause as in, well. Yeah. Yes. Pause. Pa- yeah. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like pause. Like it's it changes. Not all groups are named with the paw at the end. Like mm-hmm. we have C Paul and Van Paul, which is Vancouver's pups and handlers, and Seattle's pups and handlers. But um, yes. But my the group, even though it says it's pause without borders it still does encompass the pet community, which means that, you know, uh, a lot of this, even though if it says this is a puppet handlers group, that does not mean that ponies don't go to it or furries don't end up attending, or we have a squirrel that goes or cats like our Seattle group has a squirrel, cats, (laughs) ponies, furries, and puppies that go and foxes and some other stuff that I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm learning a lot today. Mm -hmm. You said you have held two titles, the international one. What is the name of that event and, and title? Yeah. So uh, that is called the International Pup and Trainer Contest. It was originated by Pactor Cheese, um, who um, uh, passed away years later. Um, but he wanted to create an event that allowed uh, puppies just like um, 
to grow and have a fun event, but also to be able to become ambassadors of their community. Um, and that started around 2001. So there's a long line that comes before me because mine was 2015. Recently, it got acquired and works in tangent with IPAW, which is the International Pup and Handler Weekend. Within that, that title eventually will change to IPAW, A-P-A-H. Um, it's because um, over time, we are, as the community grows, we want to make sure that we are a little bit more all-encompassing. And where trainer is a great word to use, and there's a lot of great trainers out there, um, handler is a little bit more um, generalized on what that could be. So we um eventually going to change that title as of like net 2021 to IPAH, so IPAL instead. What was your f- first experience with being a pup? It all happened very quickly. So I was part of the, I, I still am. I'm, I'm a furry. I've been a furry for a long time. And um, I went to cons and stuff. And I know I had a friend at one point. This is my first very slight interaction who had a rubber hood, you know, like a really, really pretty pup hood. And I was just really curious. And I said, I just kind of want to like try this on and wear it. Now, I was not into like any gear, like zero. So I was like, I had my first suit and I was good. So <laughs> like, that's just what it is. That's just how I rolled at that point. So we were at this party, we were drinking. I said, Hey, can I wear this hood? So I put it on and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm like, I'm like, this is really nice. So I was like, okay, this is cool. I, you know, ran around, had some drinks, good time. And that was the end of it. So moving forward, um, I saw Mrs. Lillian and Tyke's um, video about pup play, which was a beautiful video. They live in Portland now. And it talked a little bit more um, about the pup play. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Going a little bit, a couple of years forward from that, I eventually got to a point where I moved to Vancouver. I was with someone at the time. I had interest in pup, but I was kind of like, oh, okay. They had interest, but they were like, oh, okay. And, but then we found out there was this place called the Vancouver's Pups and Handlers Contest. Uh, a weekend, sorry. Uh, it was a Vancouver Paul group, so Van Paul. Um, they had meetings and moshes every month. He was like, do you want to go? And you could be like my handler. And I was like, okay, sure. Let's just give it a go. So I came rolling up in my like long jacket, looking like Gucci, like GQ type looking, like totally like out of the scope, you know, (laughs) sitting there. (laughs) I had like no gear. So I'm talking like I'm dressed in the nine type thing as I did because I was like into that dress casual wear. So I'm like, hey, what's up? And I'm like talking to people and I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. I'm seeing puppies playing on the mats. I was talking to friends. I had a couple beers. Got the, you know, so I eventually got comfortable enough. I was just like, kind of like, you know, throwing some toys for the pups. And I'm like, that's cool. And then one of the other guys came up and saying, are you sure you like want to handle? Do you don't want to get on the mats? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> a couple of weeks, like literally like a month later, I decided to uh, just give it a go. And I started hanging out with a couple of pups in the local community. And then I gave it a run and just got on the mats and boom. A year later, I became a title holder, and or six months later, eight months later, or something, and then here we are now. And now you have the scrapyard. How did that happen? My friend, uh, uh, his name's Never Wolf, um, also known as Pup Scraps, um, is a is a uh, really talented furry artist, and we hung out a lot of times. Uh, we first met at Rainforest, which was a furry convention that existed in uh, Seattle, Washington. He still currently lives where he does in Saskatoon, uh, Saskatchewan. We met up there like years ago. 
And we've been friends ever since. So then as I was getting into the community and, you know, doing my events and getting really involved, I started noticing that he started getting involved in the pup community and started doing prototypes of these hoods. And I'm like, huh, that's really interesting. Can we talk a little bit more about it? So after looking at his stuff, I'm like, you know what? There's, you got something there. This is a very awesome design and idea, and it really could benefit the community for people who might want this type of style of hood. So after some talking and deliberating on the possibility, we just said, hey, let's make this into a company. So I worked with him over and over. We did a couple more prototypes, and then we created Scrapyard Leather. And we debuted at iPaul a year ago. So it's where I'm really young in our infancy. It was a very successful weekend. We sold all of our inventory. We wow. got like 22 commissions custom after we left that they wanted uh, to be done. And then we grew more and more like 25%, 30 50%. And then by the time this year we are now, we have definitely grown where we have to sometimes limit the amount of, we actually do have to limit the amount of commissions we can take because the demand is higher than the supply. We just can't move as fast because everything is hand-stitched, handcrafted entirely. Nothing is manufactured. Everything is done completely. Um, and the leather is 100%, which we're doing right now. It's just the leather parts are completely 100% authentic, nice high-grade leather. So, Are we going to see you on Shark Tank? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I would love – I love that show, by the way. Oh, my God. I would love to go on it just to be that guy. You know, just to have fun. And they'll be like, I just like to see the look on their faces. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a it's a good business. No, but I mean, I mean, it would be amazing if I could do that. But uh, <laughs> probably not, unfortunately. Okay. I know. Disappoint. <laughs> so here we are during a global pandemic. How are pups handling this? What are they doing to stay connected and, and be pups? I found a new online community called Pup Space. Oh, Pup Space! Yes, mm -hmm. that is that is very new. Um, yeah, it's um, was it uh, Grokio or yes? And I, yeah. I I did create an account, and it's I think it's really well done. Yeah, it is. unlike other mm, typical men for men communities what do you uh, mean which ones no i'm kidding yeah just joking <laughs> uh yeah i won't name them but <laughs> no i'm kidding but, yeah. but this site is less focused on you know sex connections it's, yeah, and it's really more focused on community it's more interactive people are actually talking and you can also see who's nearby if you did want to try and meet somebody yes it has everything it has location um abilities where you can definitely put yourself and then you can find out who's in your immediate area. It has a section for who's just online. So you could end up talking to someone like I was talking to some pups in Scotland one, um, one time, you know, just, just out of the randomness. Um, and yeah, it has uh, an ability where you can put your consensual preferences, um, how you identify, are you there just to chat or not? Do you just want to socialize who what community groups and so forth, et cetera. It's not like the typical, uh, some of the some sites that's focused strictly on let's just kind of like bump uglies. Let's use an old term. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can throw all the old terms out too if I want, but I, <laughs> but it's it's a good it's a good platform. It's very easy to to run. There's a furry one too called Fur Zoo, 
that's by the same company oh. that got adopted in, which also is for furries. If you go to that uh, that company, they have that those two as well. But uh, how we're handling it, because you were talking about that more specifically, Pup Space and other avenues of communication, um, like stuff, those type of platforms are definitely great avenues to kind of reach out and chat. But what Pups and Handers and what the general pet community over and pup community has been doing generally to keep connected is there's a couple sources. Uh, one, again, if you talk to your local communities, there's a lot of them that are doing uh, virtual moshes, i.e. meaning they go on Zoom chats or they go on a Twitch stream and they have general conversations. Zoom has been very popular uh, lately and they would just all get together and they'll just chat and just have a general conversation. And, you know, they might put their pup gear on or their, you know, whether whatever pet they are and what they identify as and just kind of chat and pretend that they're just kind of like if they were there there's been bigger events that people have been throwing our current title holders pup serious and Hannah david got together and created the secret talent of pets it had two runs so far but essentially it was an international contest where people showed their talent and then they would be judged by a panel of judges um so five beginning and then five for the final and then mm-hmm. the winner actually won big prizes and they got things from like scrapyard leather from like really big companies from different parts of the world, like some of the Eagles, some like things from like Mr. S, some rough stuff. Um, and it was a really fun way because people could tune in to Twitch or uh, whatever platform they were on or the website in general and watch this like thing. It's like almost like American Got Talent, but for pets, that's essentially what it was. And you could hmm. watch this and have a really fun time watching people and see all the amazing talent that people had. And then it was just exciting. And then you could vote for your fan favorite that could win a, a, a prize at the end live which was really cool and we we coordinate this um our guy was from uh, amsterdam the person building it was from maine we had one guy from mexico um we had people from austria germany we had uh title holders and people from i think 15 countries putting this together all at the same time so you can imagine the logistics of that (laughs) wow who put it on how would you find this link secret talent of pets pets with an s dot org is the um, website. And you can watch the videos of the previous uh, contestants for the second round. And hopefully we'll they'll do another one in the future. So essentially, going back to that question overall, it's just that people have found, it's been amazing actually, I think companies and just the world in general as a whole. You know, one thing I think we're blessed of is that people who are willing to make it happen can make it happen and we're willing to become innovative and innovation is key. No matter what you do in life, I believe that wholeheartedly. And people have found really smart ways of using web and internet to kind of like reach out to the broader communities, like the virtual matches, the contests, the, uh, there's a furries have, um, DJ nights at night where they'll, they'll actually get DJs from all over and they'll DJ from like 6 PM to 2 AM at night. And you can drink and just listen to the people and then talk on Twitch. But like, there's so many things, but that's how they've been, uh, essentially, interacting and trying to show that, hey, we're here and we care, your family. So join us. Yeah. It's a very welcoming, loving community. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want people to know? I would say, again, just generally, if you're ever interested in the pup pet community, as I said before, please don't hesitate to reach out to any local paw groups, reach out to any uh, maybe title holders or friends that you might have the community is very welcoming we welcome again like i said everyone no matter what so please don't be shy we're here for you 
And then hopefully when events grow and um, we are able to go back without worrying about the pandemic and stuff too, you can join us. And then for myself, I would just like to say that I'm very blessed to be part of uh, the pet community, the pup community, and just the LGBTQ uh, community as a whole. And just please be safe out there and just know that you're not alone. And if you ever need anything, please reach out to people and your friends. Uh, you're not in this by yourself. Pup Kona, thank you very much for being on Sexual Heroes today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. For information with links about a guest appearing on Sexual Heroes, visit the show notes at sexualheroes.com or on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow and message me on Twitter at Robert Black XXX and on Facebook at Real Robert Black. Thanks for listening.